True Tales of Survival. My name is Afnan. I'm here with my co-host Azimo and my guest Preeti. So we're going to talk about the entrepreneurships. As you guys know that we've got a channel which is recently we have created when we're going to bring out the guests and ask about the questions. And uh, Preeti's got an Instagram page regarding uh, what you guys sell. My clothing. So we sell uh, leather goods and garments. Uh, my brand name is called Sata. Mm -hmm. uh, the name is originated from my ancestors uh, and the name means uh, immortal in Sanskrit. Yeah, that's right, just to be honest. So let's get started of how you got the idea from, yeah. and what at what age probably you got the idea. Yeah. How do you initially start with it and we're gonna uh, over the time we're gonna go into rest of the bit so yeah tell us how you got the idea from and how was was the first difficult stage for you oh. when you got started this yes business? yes so it's a very interesting story so uh, i was doing my bachelor's in india uh, and i was specializing in leather goods and garments uh, during my third year i happened to be in an internship in a manufacturing unit and uh, there was this incident where I was kind of like um, abused uh, by my superior just because there was a minute mistake that was already made by the company but I just mentioned but because of her egos being so high she kind of made it that I was at fault that's where I think uh, there was a moment where she told me that oh uh, stand towards the wall and she kind of like took the ruler out and she was yeah. about to beat yeah that was brutal and there was no cameras so that's where I realized that the fashion industry yeah, imagine that happened in the UK yeah. and, and you could really destroy yeah, exactly without yeah. because in the UK people has very high rights especially their employees yeah. they're pretty good rights yeah you have HRs problem. too but then in the fashion industry you don't have an HR where you can tell your problems to yeah so it was I kind of heard about that in the fashion industry it's just like that cruel a bit like that yeah like that. a little oh. array a-rated people in there yeah, but then yeah. yeah so that's where I realized uh, that was a tipping point where my father when I went back home I told this to my father and he was like well the amount that I'm going to get paid my dad could pay me double and I could just put in the brand for my own and build an empire for my own and create an uh, you know that's why I say that my brand is not a brand but it's more like a legacy that yeah. I'm building up for younger generations to understand that fashion industry is not what it is what I have experienced so yeah that's where I think the initial oh. idea came yeah can you tell me what's your future plan regarding those your industry like what uh, what do you want to see after five years oh where I want to be in five years well that's very early for the <laughs> interview that we're doing right now but it's okay I would tell so maybe in the next five years I obviously want to be in London Fashion Week I want my collections to be in there Impressive. I want people to see come visit and mostly my brand the concepts that we build in it, it's not RTW where you know you just wear it and you know the next day you forget it my clothings are more of gives up an, an identity each pieces have a story and uh, my clothings are more about provoking ideas in people and making them understand that oh there are a few concepts that have been left out in the human and the humans and you know that needs a little bit concentration towards so, yeah. I think what you basically mentioned before like yeah. about the legacy this is something which a lot of people need to really look into because yeah. you know uh, about one thing about businesses people are very 
at least for humans, we are really risk. Uh, you know, we don't really like to take risks much. Yeah. But then again, you don't realize the potential of taking that risk because you can build up actually a legacy. It's not a business you're building on. Yeah. What what you are building on is going to help you generations to come. Yes. And for example, think of this. Like you know, uh, I think it's a pretty popular band in India, the Tata. What yeah. that person built. Yes. Okay. And it's just going from generation and and who knows how long it's gonna last. No yes, that, and so. I would say that Tata also has their uh, unit in leather and their company is really good because while I was working with them, the employees and the kind of management that they are having in India and in the fashion industry, I think they're, they're quite on the upper hand, I would say. And I think you mentioned something about leathers lasting for a long time. So tell oh, us yes, something yes. About, so, more about this one. So basically our products are from olive lender leathers. Uh, it's more of, um, you know, leathers are made up of different tannings and uh, they're harmful chemicals and also ones which are made environmental friendly. So yeah. the, the leathers that we produce, the finishings are made from the leaves of olives that are, you know, once the byproduct comes from the factory that is uh, released in the ocean but also it doesn't harm the fishes or something so that there's no like harm for the ecosystem so it's very environmentally friendly and uh, the the reason why I said like leather lasts longer is because um, you know it's an it's an element that is you know degradable if it's like buried but then if it's on use it can go years to years with right maintenance Okay, so how would you deal with the legal requirement, I mean the legal procedures and the laws? So because especially we, in India, the, yeah. I, apparently the rules are very strict, so as mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. And the people are becoming more environmental friendly. Mm-hmm. And you know the environmental uh, environmental factors mm-hmm. which, is, uh, introduced, uh, which is being introduced by the companies, it's getting more better. And, uh, companies have to take actions regarding the environmental policy. So how would you deal with it? Can you just describe it, please? Yes, so mostly I'm more of, um, you know, uh, I go to the export houses, I'm more Mm -hmm. of a client base, but I make sure that the companies that I'm approaching towards Mm -hmm. are really, you know, flourished and, you know, Mm -hmm. they have all these uh, systems because when you go inside these companies, they obviously give you what kind of uh, certification they have. So that's an assurance for, as a buyer, for me to understand where the company is lying. And as far as, you know, leather being a controversial subject in India because there's a lot of, like, we deal with cows and, you know, goats and yeah. sheep. Uh, usually the leather that is made in India, it's more of uh, gone for consumption. Mm-hmm. So the animal, when it's gone for consumption, uh, the skin of the animal is used for the production of leather. So there is no way that you're torturing an animal or there's a harmful or it's only used for leather. So That's a very... Yeah, that's actually, I think there is a very underlying statement where people think that, uh, oh, leather is a very harmful industry or being like, you know, seeing the graphics of it. But in reality, there's a lot of facts that are not being out there because of veganism. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we shall, Uh, uh, you know. She's got a point. She's got a point. Even though people will bring up oh still they're not gonna accept it oh it's still leather like you know yeah. people are getting killed but you can't make it you know happy. sorry to interrupt your you. idea is to make business and to make this your idea is to take a product i think one of your best mechanism would be your, you said you're taking those leaves right olive leaves yeah so yeah. those are mostly those become waste because it doesn't have any use yeah. you're taking a waste yeah, yeah. and turning it into a solution for yes 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 you so, know i think however like mm-hmm. it depends on person 
it depends person to person some people find it uh, some people will find it offensive to killing those animals or some people are okay with it it depends on person who are you promoting your stuff to yeah yeah do you get yeah. my point yeah i get it but i think uh, when the same person who's thinking that oh killing an animal is like impacting or you know abusing or something i would also want them to think that oh if you're buying a pu based leather petroleum based mm-hmm. leather or if you're buying a vegan leather that is a huge scam out there it's just 30% pulp of fruit mm-hmm. and 60% petroleum so you i would say that when you buy these kind of products the manufacturing is harmful the second thing is when you buy these products the by product of the manufacturing gives out a lot of harmful gases to the environment and once it impacts the environment let's say water bodies then the fishes are dying if the fishes are dying then the turtles are dying and then who's going to rescue the turtles and then the vegans are like well ha huh? yeah yeah so it doesn't really make sense that you know yeah yeah i yeah, as i say like you know some people will always hate on it because yeah. they have this motto yeah but then i would stuff, say believe yeah. in facts no but True. she's got a really good intention she has no intention of hurting vegan people yeah, she, no she's but just uh, saying, she's just just uh, stating the yeah spitting out the <laughs> facts stating say, the obvious turning all those byproducts into a product then so yeah. you're not really going for killing the animal you're already taking the waste from those animals who are yeah. slaughtered for food So yeah, that's pretty much acceptable. Uh, yes. As we discussed before before the podcast, you're studying yes. in fashion. Yes, uh, I'm currently. Where about you're studying? Can you just yes, describe it to the audience? Yes, I'm currently doing my MA fashion artifacts in London College Lovely. of Fashion. So I'm in my second year right now. So mostly by the February. graduating soon. Graduating soon, yes, yes. Guys, graduating soon. <laughs> yes. So I'll be an alumni of LCF pretty soon. Sure, yeah. Sure. So now let's get more into the business point of yes. view. Um, let's tell us about the first. usual problems you encounter let's say the oh. first year what are the problems you encounter and how did you cope so yeah. tell our, our viewers like how in that case they are going to understand like obviously any business you start you will j- uh, basically get into problems yes. and it's a fact yes nothing is that easy business yes. b- building a business takes time and takes that not you basically learn from your failures the failures you're going to have and you're just going to try to improve on it and that's how business is works yes. so tell us more about how, how what failures you had and How did you cope up with that? Yeah, so uh, well, it's been the first year. Today, second of July, which is like one year. Congratulations for that! Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so I'm really happy about that. But yeah, uh, so during my fourth year, I realized that uh, usually we do a graduation project in uh, the design school, and uh, um, I happened to go to my faculties, and I was like, well, I want to build my own brand. I want to build my own this thing, and I shared out my idea, and I told them that you know there's something that I want to really work under, and it's. and since th- third year it was in the back of my head so i was building the backgrounds of it and then once uh, in my fourth year i started working foreground which is basically designing products and looking for manufacturers who could provide me with all the abilities that i could do so my works whatever were illustrated i wanted it to be in person in 3d and that was really difficult for me i remember being rejected by a lot of major manufacturers in india just because their works that i was doing was couture a lot of uh, and i best believe that in india the designs of leather are very very normal like they're just like they have like four different bags and then just making minute details and then that's where the entire product is made so there's no much creativity being involved yeah. and i think 
India, Bangladesh, uh, there these two countries. The whole Southeast Asia yeah, continent. Yeah, they, by the West, I best believe that they treat these countries as manufacturing units. They don't treat them as a creative or something that they could contribute to the West. You know. So, so it's like I'm really sorry, but uh, so I, I think that once the creativity erupts from these kind of countries, it's kind of underlined by the West. And I really wanted to focus on this point on my, you know, on my brand that you know, being in India and being with all these manufacturing units. We could still produce high-end products right by being there. You know, Azim, I've got a very in a last uh, I think couple a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, I was going through some articles that you know the biggest brands such as Gucci, Chanel, mm-hmm. Dolce Gabbana, mm-hmm. they go to you know the South- Southeast Asian countries. They get the cheapest manufacturers and everything, and uh, they make profit out of it. So if we focus on our you know the manufacturing side as she mentioned so we can also can make the those similar no. brands like <laughs> no i would say see that's exactly my point because when every manufacturing the quality is being produced yeah. in these kind of countries yeah. and just being sold in the west yeah. then well hey we can make our own products yeah. and still be yeah. equally competent yeah. with the biggest brands yeah. possible yeah, yeah. Just like uh, I think maybe two years back, I wrote this article during the COVID time. Mm-hmm. It was about like you know, because uh, Bangladesh is a big place for like manufacturing, and I think H and M, all those big co- corporations yes. are coming to Bangladesh and just like you know, creating the products. And during COVID, they just stopped manufacturing. Yes. So we, this basically states how much our country or, or those businesses relied on those brands. And what happened is that once they stopped, they stopped paying the wages. So yeah. there were huge lot which was already ordered and they were already made. But like you know, the companies refused to pay. So we can easily overturn like if more brands arise from these countries, mm-hmm. they can easily like you know overturn. They won't have that power right now. They have that bargaining power. Okay, I don't want to take it. What what, what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah. So I wrote this huge article on that this that like you know it's very unfair that like they're going through this just because you know the companies they don't have their own brands. So yeah, so your idea is kind of like you know really yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really good. Like yeah. you know, we uh, we shared the same idea. We understand. What is happening uh, since there is no big brands in these Asian countries? You know, yeah. big, uh, the other yeah. Basically, you're representing the whole Southeast Asian country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a lot. That's a lot of responsibility. There are better people out there who could be in this position, but then. Yeah. But the thing is, someone has to start. You no, have, yeah, to, yeah, someone has to start. You have to start the war. Yeah, we can do it. Like, our country really can do it. So, yeah, yes. it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. So I was asking as a uh, as an accounting and finance student. Yeah. So I was asking one question that is quite interesting. I think this is not regarding uh, your business. Yeah. Uh, how would you deal with the fast uh, fast moving inventory items, or oh. how would you deal the inventory things like yeah. you know the fashion in- industry? Mm-hmm. You know that it it That's really focuses on trends. Yes, I know. You know trends. Yes. For example, this is the trend of leather. Yeah. So your competitor, you know, mm-hmm. your competitor, it's a very tough game. Mm-hmm. How would you just deal with the competitor when the fashion industries keep moving? Yeah. So how would you deal with it yes, if your investor, uh, your in, sorry, inventory will mm-hmm. gonna be you know obsolete? How would you deal with that those inventory? Yes. Um, okay. Firstly, my brand, uh, we do not focus on trends. 
we don't mm-hmm. focus on seasons we purely focus on the ideology and the stories because my brand is purely based on the stories that we communicate to the people mm-hmm. so it's not only a piece of clothing that you're buying but it's a piece of art that you're buying so you know um yeah so we i don't follow any trends i don't follow any rules in that aspect so that's one thing and second thing is uh i hate fast fashion because oh, of that line bought me <laughs> that line bought me even though i wear it because obviously i'm poor but uh once i'm rich okay. i would definitely okay. <laughs> i would definitely definitely <laughs> buy uh you know mostly because yeah because yeah. fast fashion if you think about it, like like you know they just it sell it's shorter too they just sell it very cheap and yeah. it just gets went pretty easily like i i i have a few things for example i bought it's part of fast fashion I have the shirts which I bought 7 years ago and it is still there and it's amazing still it looks fresh no one can say that they are 7 years old I have this suit that I made I think so I think my dad made it and it just passed mm-hmm. on to me it's 15 years Yeah but that's so, the beauty of homegrown brands and that's the beauty of you know getting yourself yeah. getting things done by yourself rather that's than true. getting buying stuff from Berkshire or H&M or Zara I would say yeah. so yeah and uh, is your brand going to be uh, for every class of people like for example yeah the price points the price point i was asking yeah, for yeah. you know the rich people can afford louis vuitton dolce yes, gabbana yes. and so so forth well i would say my brand is not a uh, luxury but it's more premium okay uh, so it's uh, because right now we are only in custom making so we just take custom orders but mostly by this year and we'll start the you know mass production mass you know where everyone and anyone can purchase the products so yeah but right now we are just in the customs so during that time frame our price points are basically purely on the amount of time that you know is taken to generate the product according to the customer so yeah the price points vary person to person right now yeah but it's a premium brand i would say yeah, yeah that's a very good way to put it because obviously you know leather being that premium product yes. i mean it's not like easy to make as fast fashion yeah. although other clothes but yeah obviously keeping it in a premium would definitely have a lot of customer and this is the thing what happens is like on most other countries like especially in the uh, south asian countries leather is a bit seasonal but then once you said you have customized mm-hmm. so in that case they won't really care about the season i mean yes. think about like you know in the uk like you know those people you see that they're just wearing that like what 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 do you call it this loafer or not loafers actually those like you know the puffers oh puffers, yes like, oh round. my god all season round well, so yeah this is a very good market really yeah. you can well my first collection was all on puffers so yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. had a thing for the puffers so no, i had you gone through yeah i mean oh yeah you just saw them those were phenomenal they were those were i would tell all you all the time so yeah having a brand that really like you know is uh, having a kind of product that really is available on all seasons right really yeah, yeah and i think it's a very good market yes yeah, so mostly yeah so we're planning on making a bridge collection that is available for 24 seasons like uh, for 365 days okay. so there's a bridge collection that will be coming up and then uh, we will be making into the uh, you know my brand we mostly focus on two collections a year to release and there's a bridge collection so bridge collection you have access to those products all time of the year but there's two collection that will be released in every year that will only be priorly uh, accessible for certain amount of time because there'll be limited inventory for that that's good yeah so let's start with like you know how you basically brought it over here yeah because obviously this brand is very as you mentioned there's a lot of brands uh, yes. in different parts of the world for leather uh, how did you initially start the marketing like how did you reach out to customers and uh, since because obviously 
end of the day leather is very controversial in India yes. as well as you mentioned because like you know people think it's made of cow skin so they don't really want to go for and it cows are sacred in sacred India, India. Yes, so yes. how did you market to initially the Indian population yeah. that, like you know this is a product that you really want to have um, so and what was the difficulty you faced yeah then? so luckily because my background was in the leather so it was a little bit easier for me to find clients but um, one thing was till date we didn't use any marketing strategy that's good so because the products were just sold in by friends to friends and you know word of mouth has helped me so far mm-hmm. uh, my first collection we invested around 3 lakhs indian rupees and uh, the outcome was 6 lakhs we made double so that's pretty much decent yes I mean, as a startup yeah, that's, that's a decent that's, money yes and and then there comes the custom orders where you know they're like xyz stuff so Yeah those were but then I wouldn't count them as like an income to the company but then yeah they're still in the accounts so yeah so far we, because I wasn't also active because I just so the problem was I just re- released the collection in India and then I flew to UK so yeah. there there was there was no plan of me coming to UK initially yeah. because I never thought that I would get into LCF actually I really thought that you know, <laughs> you know because it's a really school. yeah it was my dream school yeah, that was and you were telling me yeah and uh, the fun fact was I showed them my collection in the interview and they just told me can you come to the UK and put up the collection i was like okay but then because my items were so fucking huge that i couldn't like bring it to yeah, yeah just you get yeah. only yeah. kilograms <laughs> yeah yeah and just, and my you know there's this uh, huge coat that we made and yeah. the whole coat is like 30 kgs Oh, so wow. so when a person wears How it, did you just Yeah it's like couture it's pure couture my first collection was couture so that's the only product still lying in my studio because yeah it's not functional but then we give it out for rents and for photo shoots so That's good that's yeah. another business model like you yeah. know yeah. because like you know oh, this is about something needs to be made out of it like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you make a business model of everything you can like that's how you get the maximum yeah. profit on this yes. so yeah, that's I've got another question about uh, the SWOT analysis analysis which is SWOT you know, analysis yeah, yes yeah uh, which is all about strength weakness yes. opportunities and yes. threats yes. so can you describe what is your strength what is your brand strength and weaknesses mm-hmm. and opportunities that what could be your threat because yes. you know the basically the entrepreneurship and the yes. business and all the whole business in general mm-hmm. It has to be, you know, the, they have to do the SWOT analysis. analysis. Yes, yeah. I did that. Yeah. So, uh, can you just just go through it? Can you yes, just uh, go to the you. audience? Yeah. Yeah. So, my strengths of my brand is the identity that I bring in, the concept that I bring in, and the designs that I bring in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that I made in India are something that were not being made currently out there. But then, yeah, when I came to the West, this was something common. But then you couldn't see the same designs in leather, but you could see them in clothing, like. In you know other fabrications yep so that was my weakness i would say but the strength was the ideation and the concepts that we bring in are very unique and we always make sure that whenever someone is buying is more of a product of identity that is being bought and opportunity i would say that in india i only moved to the uk right now because opportunity is very weak in india for leather because in the south of india nobody wears leather 
it's only produced there you could see them like one two people wearing it in the north yes they would wear it but then it, there's not a huge market out there but it's quite opposite in the west over here 24 hours you could see 20 every season people are wearing leather like even yeah, now yeah, in the yeah, it's yeah. so hot and you so see on the streets yeah. people wearing said, leather like, jackets i am wearing a leather jacket <laughs> right now it's mr road so, man like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you a funny thing. Like yeah, last uh, Monday, maybe I went to a park. It was sunny yeah. and it was like hot. Like it was decent temperature. Yeah. Someone's wearing a leather jacket. I was like, Yo, what's what's happened? Why you look wearing bro? I'm I'm so cold. Uh, well, there's this thing apparently when people are uh, not uh, when people don't do not want their emotions to be brought out or they want a barrier to be built. They, exactly. They usually tend to exactly. wear leather during those yeah, time yeah. frames. So I think I think the person was going through something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So when oh, the yeah. strengths were done, the opportunity is done, and then what was uh, the threats? Threats. Well, so far, uh, because the threat, I would say, is that we didn't produce another collection. It's been a year. It was just one collection and then all the custom orders. So that's the biggest threat. And my dad, he has been back of me since the day I left UK. Do your designs, do your thing, do it fast. He's been calling me, even like before I came here, he's just like, hey, are the designs ready? Like I need to give the manufacturers. I'm just like, sorry dad, like just give me some time because right now, um, the kind of designs that I made earlier, I usually make my designs five years prior. So it's like, if I make a design uh, right now, it will be like I make for the next five years so that, you know, I don't have like, to look back and be like, oh my God, and you know, all that thing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so the thread is like, yeah, there, there's a gap. And when there's a gap in business, you know, filling in the gap is really hard. So from November, there will be a really strong, you know, yeah. I'm go it's going yeah, to be another task for me <laughs> yeah. to fill in the gap and, you know, help my dad too. Uh, do, so. you th <laughs> do, you, do you really think, I mean, do you think so you can just meet the expectation of the customers? Like uh, the customer expected uh, your products to be um, in a certain way. Do you think so really you well, can make mm -hmm. the customer expectation? See, uh, I don't make clothes to meet people's expectations. I make clothes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the answer I was looking for. I mean, you, because you gotta, you basically, there's a oh, yeah. concept in marketing. You have to be product oriented. You focus on the product, customers will buy it. Yeah, yeah. people. That's how it is. That's yeah, people come to. I, I, you know, I. The iPhone, like you know, yeah, just, they don't care. About what yeah, 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 it's a brand say. reputation. They just like you know, build a product and people want it. Yeah, that's how it is. No, because iPhone or Apple is an established company. I'm just saying yes. this is a concept of. Like, yeah, I, I do understand that, but also that uh, when it comes to like making money I do understand that the customer satisfaction is the prior but then I also want to come I want customers who also understand the values that I bring into the company yeah. what yeah. I what I build so automatically yes I would want the customer to be satisfied at the end of the day with you know let's say leather maintenance and anything if you're buying a product from my brand any five years from my brand from the product purchaser if you have any problem you could still come in and we could still repair it so that's, that's an good. that's, that's, a, that's that, a, yeah, yeah that's an advantage that's a, that I would give it from a strong belief to a strong yes. builds up more sort of trust to the customers so yes yeah. So these are all the things that I would keep in my mind. So yeah, but then yeah, also if a customer really doesn't know what my brand values are and still buying it for the sake of it, I would not sell my product. That's very good. That's very That's strong, very I think. Yes. So I think I would say finally, uh, let's just uh, think about what you've 
came across a long time, right? Yes. You have basically seen a lot of things. Yes. What would your advice be to the person who initially started, let's say, for example, you yeah. started one year back? Yeah. What would your advice be to yourself one year back, right oh. now? What you learned? Yeah. What was the mistake you have done um, during this? How would you advise in? her that hey? Do this so it's yeah. gonna be smooth for you. So yeah. it's gonna be smoother uh, for you. I think I'm still in the learning curve right now, so there's still like the ups and downs of it. But then I would say that, you know, when I came to the UK, I kind of gave up on my brand and everything. Uh, and so because of you know a lot of X Y Z reasons, I would tell myself a year back that go easy on yourself a little. Yeah, and at the end of just the day, trust matters. yourself. And, and you know back day. then. I was really like frustrated because uh, I really didn't know if I was getting into LCF. I really didn't know, and I was really strong and adamant on building my brand and uh, building in connections in India and having this all strong base. So I would tell myself that go a little easy on yourself, but at the same time, I should have marketed myself better because I have seen my friends, my counterparts doing. Because uh, during that time frame, a year back. A lot of us were building brands at the same time, and I could see other friends of mine going a little ahead of time because they're still back in India. But then now I'm in the UK, so obviously my game changes are different from theirs. But then I would tell myself that ah, oh, I wish I could have spoken to a lot of other newspapers. I wish I could have, you know, given a brighter, bigger audience. I could have given more newspaper articles about it so that people could come in and approach. So yeah, that was one mistake that I still regret on doing. But then, yeah, it's okay. I just told over a period of time to myself that it's okay. And you made it, and you yeah. made yeah, it. Yeah, and I will make it. <laughs> I will make it. it. <laughs> yeah. That's how it should be. And yeah, hopefully we're gonna have you on the show in, uh, maybe a couple of days or months later to see how you progress or how oh, the yeah. business really picked up. Yeah. Obviously, you said that like you know it's gonna be a big thing. You want to get into the UK in a proper big way. Yeah. So once you do, we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, and then hopefully accordingly. Oh, if it's going good, <laughs> yeah, we should call her. Oh, it's not going. ফেলিয়ার্সিটি everyone thank you for thank you for listening. staying to with and us yeah hope uh, i hope you liked our basically interview with uh priti priti <laughs> you already forgot her no, name i said i wanted her to say it i wanted her to say it so honestly. and yeah uh, tune in for the next show as well thank you thank bye you. bye bye <laughs>